The EPL show on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by MyBookie.ag. The UFC's back, the EPL's back, NASCAR's back, golf's back, the NBA's about to be back, and the casino's open 24-7. Use the promo code SGP for a $1,000 deposit bonus. That's MyBookie.ag, promo code SGP to play, win, and get paid. We're also brought to you by our Sports Gambling Podcast Network College Football Tournament. We're simulating a real college football playoff that you can bet on every Saturday and Sunday night in June. Go to SportsGamblingPodcast.com slash CFT for all the details. That's SportsGamblingPodcast.com slash CFT. We're also brought to you by Ace Per Head. Ace is the leader in paperhead providers and they make it super easy to start your own sportsbook. Plus, Ace is offering up to six weeks free over at aceperhead.com slash SGP. That's aceperhead.com slash SGP. And finally, we're also brought to you by Cushy Dreams. Cushy Dreams is a new company with a full lineup of premium spoke CBD. Now shipping legally to all 50 states. If you use the promo code SGP to get 15% off, that's Cushy, K-U-S-H-Y, dreams.com and the promo code SGP. <laughs> You are listening to the EPL show here on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. Follow the EPL show Twitter at SGP EPL. You can follow the Sports Gambling Podcast Network at SGP Network. Also check out their website, sportsgamblingpodcast.com, where you can find my EPL article for this week's game. And check out my website, lockbetting.com, where we are giving out free picks at the moment. We had a 2-0 sweep in the EPL on Wednesday. All you have to do is go to the at SGP EPL Twitter. That's at SGP EPL Twitter. And we post out a free link there to the LockBank site. Just click it and you'll get the free picks. As I said, 2-0 sweep. But if you want to get all of the picks, including this weekend's European show, then you need to upgrade and head over to LockBank.com just to get the additional podcast. It's only $2.50 per week. That's $10 a month. And you'll get all of those European shows. It's a very, very good show. It's a very streamlined show. We look at all of the stuff around Europe and then we condense it down to six to ten games that we really really like so that's like getting official plays on the soccer package anyway but of course if you want the soccer package or the main package where you can get all sports including the KBO where we are on a 3-0 sweep with the KBO then you need to head over to lockbend.com and pick the appropriate package I am very, very happy that the EPL is back, despite the fact that the first game was pretty lackluster. It was business as usual in the second game as Manchester City disposed of Arsenal comfortably. And we saw a typical clown show from David Luiz. In some ways, I feel sorry for him, but in some ways, I feel like he's the luckiest man alive. The fact that he's been able to steal a living as a footballer for all these years, it's just incredible to me because he's a defender that just cannot defend. And uh, there was no greater evidence of that than what we saw on Wednesday when Man City ran out 3-0 winners. And they weren't even fit. Um, They were basically just knocking the ball around to themselves for the last 40 minutes of the game. We had the over. We had Manchester City and over as a one-unit free play, and we were sweating that out until the 89th minute when when Foden scored. But Aguero came on. He looked really good. He looked like he had a couple goals. De Bruyne always looked good, and, and Marius did as well. Of course, these are top-quality players. Some of them won't need a, a full preseason to, to look really good. Carl Walker, Mendy, the fullbacks, they fall under that bracket. But uh, I think City 
city will improve even more. And I kind of want to move away from a previous comment that I made where I said that possibly this City team won't bother to to play out the rest of this season. I don't think that's going to be a factor initially because he's already said that um, he picked the team on Wednesday with a team in mind for Monday. So I'm expecting another strong outing from Manchester City, at least until uh, the FA Cup starts. We now do have information on the Champions League. The Champions League will be beginning on August the 7th and it will be con and it will be concluded by August the 23rd with all of the uh, remaining games taking place in Portugal. So they that is some important clarity in terms of betting these other games and in terms of how incentivized teams will be. And of course, I still feel there's a big advantage that goes to the German teams because the Bundesliga will be playing its second to last game this weekend and in its final game, after that, whilst the Premier League, Italy and Spain still have a lot more games to play. And um, I think it's more of an advantage to Germany that they've actually played as opposed to France because Paris Saint-Germain had their season cancelled. So they'll be coming in completely rusty. And I think that's almost too much rest, whereas I think Bayern have found the perfect balance. But we'll see how that plays out because with Man City's case, they could come out, win three or four games, secure themselves their, their spot in the Champions League if they're allowed to play in the Champions League, would at least securing their top four spot and then see what happens with the with the courts and UEFA, etc. But once the job is done initially in these first four or five games, then possibly Man City will take their foot off the pedal when they have the upcoming Champions League and potentially an FA Cup semi-final and an FA Cup final as well. Let's move on to Friday's games. They start at 6pm UK time and we begin with Norwich versus Southampton. Norwich are available here at 23 to 10. It's 13 to 5 the draw and it's 6 to 5 on Southampton. Southampton are the favourites here, but they have very little to play for this season. They are more or less safe. They need another win, possibly two, to make sure that they stay in the Premier League. But two wins in nine, I think, is easily achievable here for Southampton. So I'm not sure how quick they're going to come out of the blocks, although obviously an opportunity does present itself when you're playing against the bottom team in the league. But Norwich will be highly motivated. And as we left, Norwich were having a pretty decent run of form. And it would not surprise me at all to see Norwich win this game or at least get something out of it. Um, Norwich's Premier League home games have been very high scoring this season. So despite the fact that yesterday's first game was quite drab, I don't expect it from this one. They have averaged 3.57 goals per 90 minutes at home this season. And both teams have scored in 10 of Norwich's 14 home league games. Uh, Norwich lost just one of their last five games at home. So as I was saying earlier, they have turned somewhat of a corner. And if they can keep that momentum going, perhaps they can make a, a miracle attempt at, at staying up here. But um, I think they're good enough here to get a to get something here. Maybe not a win, but to get something from the Southampton game. Um, Southampton were actually in unbeaten in five of their last eight away matches. So Southampton have pretty much done their business in terms of um, stabilising the ship after that 9-0 defeat against Leicester and accumulating enough points to stay up. And I think the more motivated team here would be Norwich. And um, I like them here on the double chance market to avoid a defeat here against this Southampton team. And you can pick that up at around about four to six. And uh, I think that's the way I'd be betting this. Plus, of course, the goals that we already mentioned as well, because it does look like 
like this game will go over with them averaging um, over 3.5. Getting the over 4 point, uh, getting the over 2.5 at 4 to 5 does represent some value here, as does both teams to score, which is available 8 to 11. Moving on to the headline game of this game week, and it's Tottenham hosting Manchester United. Jose Mourinho playing against his former club here. Manchester United having to travel to Tottenham. Where Tottenham are the 2-1 to underdogs. It's 12-5 to the draw, and it's 6-4 to on Man U. This seems a little bit of a weird price. It seems quite disrespectful to Tottenham because... They have all of their players back. And in the last few seasons, they finished above Manchester United. This was the team that were in the Champions League final last season, while Man United were going on a downward spiral under Ole Gunnar Solskjaer to the point where we were regretting giving him the job because after we exited the Champions League, the end of the season was very, very poor. Our top four campaign fell off a cliff and we ended up losing a final game of the season 2-0 to Cardiff. And at that point, a lot of fans wanted a change in the summer. And this season has been hit and miss as well until after the Christmas period where Man United have looked very good, very solid. Bruno Fernandes has changed his team. Even we have got players back in terms of Pogba will be playing with Fernandes and Marcus Rashford's fit as well. But Tottenham have got even more back, including Son and Harry Kane. And this is the real you know, the real first large period of time that Mourinho has had with his squad without a whole load of games coming up to prepare. He's almost been handed a key season. And I like the, the thought of a prepared Mourinho doing well here and charging Tottenham up this table, possibly into the European places and challenging for this fifth place because fifth place is going to get you a Champions League position. And I do think that we will see Tottenham competing here with Manchester United and Chelsea for fourth and fifth place and hopefully Man United have enough firepower to maintain fifth place or even move into fourth position ideally but um, I think Tottenham have all winnable games especially after this one and I'm not necessarily saying they'll win this game this isn't a bet against Man U but I just don't think that giving the personnel that Tottenham have coming back here. I don't see Man United as this short a favourite in this game. I see this as a as a real pick'em and obviously the data factors in here. Uh, Tottenham have failed to win any of their last six games before the season's postponement. Well, that's obviously a given, given the amount of injuries they had. Man United were in form, winning eight and drawing three of the last 11 in the run-up to the break. And uh, when you're looking at goals here, both teams have scored in five of Spurs' last seven home fixtures in all competitions. So I think when you're looking at the, the personnel on the pitch... Everybody's expecting goals in this game. You've got Harry Kane on the pitch, Son on the pitch. Um, you haven't got Deli Ali. He's suspended. Uh, Paul Pogba, Fernandes, Martial, Rashford, a ton of attacking talent. Lucas Moura, loads of players on here that can that can score goals and um, make sure that this both teams to score pattern continues in Spurs games, or that we go over the two point five. But I have a feeling that this one's going to go under. Uh, much like a lot of overhyped games, they do end up going under. We saw some rust on some Premier League teams yesterday. 
I always think it's easier to come back and set up to defend. I think this will be a game that Jose Mourinho doesn't want to lose and he's a very defensive manager. And I think Ole Gunnar Solskjaer may be happy taking a point from this one. Getting a point at Tottenham is a decent result for Man United. Despite the fact they're coming here as bookies favourites, I don't think the professional footballers and managers look at what the bookies think and look at the betting lines. They might take a glance at it, but I don't think they base their results and what constitutes success on what the betting lines say because if Man United don't win this game and they come out with a draw I don't think they're going to regard this as a massive disappointment obviously pattern of play and things of that nature will determine how you feel about a result after it happens because if Man United miss four or five chances here and should have won the game then they'll obviously naturally feel disappointed but I think going into the game if you could offer these teams the opportunity to to not get beaten here and come away with a point each I don't think that they would be overly disappointed. None of them want to lose this game. That's what's more important. And when you are looking at all these players, yes, everybody I named is classy and they can do magical things and put the ball in the net and produce moments of magic. But there's also good defenders on the pitch. There's a good defensive manager in Jose Mourinho who could now organise these players, organise this defence has been massively underachieving and Man United's defence was solid after the new year anyway. So you do have two solid defences. One is a solid defence and it's statistically proven. The other is a solid defence that has a defensive manager that's been able to cater to that over the pre-season period. I think we'll see a well-organised Tottenham team who obviously do have the capability of scoring because of the players on the pitch. And I think we'll see a, a Man United team that, yes... As I said, they have all the personnel there, but it will take some time in order to break down good defences. And I think if defences are organised here, then the under here could cash. And you're getting it at even money. The under 2.5 is the underdog price here at even money. And I think that's a good shout here. And the both teams to score pattern could continue because we could easily see a one-all draw here. And there's... Um, there's good value on that as well at six to one betting the one all draw here. So that's going to be my play for this game. I'm going to take the under in the Tottenham Manchester United game of the week. Moving on to the four games on Saturday, and they begin with Watford versus Leicester. This is great over here in the UK because every single game is on. It just rolls on and on, game after game after game. So I'm going to be convincing my son to stay in all day on Saturday. Um, I don't know if I'll succeed. I can't see him being too interested in watching Bournemouth in Crystal Palace at 7.45, but we'll see. We'll try and get three out of four, minimum two out of four done on Saturday. Um, Watford versus Leicester starts us off. Watford are the 5-2 underdogs. It's 13-5 the draw. It's even money on Leicester. As mentioned on the uh, resumption preview, I'm a little bit worried about Watford. Watford are a team I like. They're local to me, so it's good to go and catch a Premier League game there once in a while. Same for West Ham as well. Same for Tottenham. They're London clubs that I'm located close to. If I can't go to see Man United and it's difficult to get tickets for Man United, I do go and watch those. So we could lose one of these teams because Watford don't have Troy Deeney, which does reflect their results. And Gerard Delafoyu also isn't playing either. And that significantly weakens Watford. I think Leicester would benefit from the break because they weren't playing brilliantly in the new year. They've had a pretty bad run since Christmas, but here's an opportunity to come back and pick up some points and do what you need to do to secure your spot in the top four or even the top five, depending on what constitutes your Champions League position at the moment. I think teams just need to push as hard as they can and see what UEFA decide in terms of this Manchester City situation. But I think... 
Leicester will probably end up winning this game. I just feel that um, Watford have lost uh, two very key players. And despite the fact that they have a very good organised manager, I think coming off this break, it does represent an opportunity for Leicester to recharge their batteries because they're not a team with a great big squad. So they do essentially play the same 11 most weeks give or take one or two so they're rotating between 14 or 15 whereas the big clubs are rotating between a squad of around about 20 and Man City are a prime example because yesterday they didn't start with Aguero or Sane and, and others and most of those players will come into the team on Monday so that's the luxury they have it's not a luxury that Leicester has but I do think the recharged batteries will will lean towards Leicester winning here at Watford and I don't think Watford's fate is going to be determined by results against teams like this if they can find three winnable games in this schedule they're the ones that they they need to concentrate on winning otherwise this could be a Watford team that are in trouble another team I think they're in trouble is Brighton they host Arsenal here and um, looking at Arsenal's performance on Wednesday this now represents a winnable game for Brighton they're two to one to win it it's five to two to draw and it's five to four on Arsenal I think Arsenal would have been very disappointed with their performance yesterday because they looked relatively decent after 20 minutes. But I do think he went with too many young players. And it does bring up questions as to what the status was of Pepe and, and Ozil and those players yesterday. Lacazette wasn't in the team either. And could they all come in for this game? Was it a conscious effort, a strategic effort by Mikel Arteta looking at that game and thinking that we're not going to get anything from City anyway. We've lost six times in a row to them, now seven. And um, is this really a realistic result for us? Or do we put all our energy into winning this game at Brighton? I think that's definitely a possibility. I think on paper, when you neutralise the, the the home support, and that is one thing to factor in. We've seen it in the Bundesliga. Um, I haven't factored in these midweek results, but I knew before these midweek results, the statistic was 51% away teams were winning. Now, there were some home winners yesterday and um, the day prior to that. So obviously the statistic would have changed. But originally before that, we had just 20% um, home wins and 51% away wins, which is a ridiculous statistic. 11 home teams had won from the 55 games played. And that could easily be something that's replicated in other leagues, such as the Premier League, because home advantage is negated, it is neutralised, um, whereas teams like Watford would have an advantage at home to Leicester and Brighton would have an advantage at home to Arsenal. The advantage is gone, and you're looking at 11 footballers on the pitch, and the only advantage that they have is the familiarity of the surroundings, the familiarity of the pitch, the familiarity of the dressing rooms, um, etc., things like that. And um, without the crowd there cheering on this Brighton team and... Um, causing or rather creating noise and uh, being a general hostile crowd would be a distracting factor to Arsenal and other away teams but that doesn't exist here and um, I think this is an opportunity for Arsenal to get the win here at 5-4. to four. Up next we've got Wolves travelling to West Ham where West Ham are the 5-2 underdogs 12-5 to five the draw and it's 11-10 to 10 on Wolves. 
Same principle applies here, although I will say West Ham do have slightly better players in terms of uh, Leicester being significantly better than Watford and Arsenal being significantly better on paper than Brighton. There isn't too much difference really between Wolves and West Ham. Are Wolves better? Yes, they are. Are West Ham massively underachieving? Yeah. Should they be in the same bracket as a Wolves and a Leicester and an Everton higher up the table? Yeah, they should be. And um, these players in this West Ham team are massively underachieving this season. They should not be in a relegation battle they they should be able to get out of it um but again i think the same principle applies here you've got a team that are better the home field is neutralized we've got a lot of away teams winning in other leagues namely germany in the bundesliga and it does make you lean towards the better team winning this here or at least straying away from taking a bet on the home team so if you don't want to go away team away team away team and it feels like blind plays then the statistical play on this would be both teams to score uh, both teams have scored in 10 of Wolves' last 13 away games. Um, West Ham score all the time. Only Man City and Liverpool have stopped West Ham scoring on their own patch this season. Uh, Wolves have beaten West Ham in 100% of their last three meetings. And uh, both teams have registered, both teams have scored in nine of West Ham's last 11 home contests. So... I am expecting that to cash again. West Ham score goals, Wolves score goals. I think both teams will score here. That's available at four to five. But I am leaning towards the Wolves win here. I said I quoted that eleven to ten. If you shop around, I am seeing that at thirteen to ten. So I would take Wolves here, and um, that would be my third consecutive away pick so far. I think the only home team I really felt that will come out and make a real go of it so far would be Norwich because of the relegation predicament. But um, even Southampton could could start with a win there against Norwich. So I do really lean strongly towards these away teams so far. And um, when you look at the Bundesliga statistics, you can see why. Moving on to the final game on Saturday, and we have Bournemouth versus Crystal Palace, where Bournemouth are the slight favourites at 6-4. It's 9-4 to four to draw, and it's 15 to wait on Palace. This is a real, real tough game to call because Palace are doing better than Bournemouth, but I would say that Bournemouth have the better players than Palace. Uh, they have more motivation. Palace's league position sees them as being relatively safe, whereas Bournemouth are desperate for a win. Um, I think the safest way to go with this one would be to take the under uh, under 2.5 goals. I mean, scored in 13 of Palace's last 16 matches. Uh, only Sheffield United have seen fewer goals scored in their league games than Palace, actually. Uh, Bournemouth averaged just 1.2 goals per 90 minutes at home this season. Uh, that's definitely not in line with how Bournemouth were before. They're really lucky here to get this break because hopefully they come out and they're the Bournemouth evolved. They've been given a second preseason and maybe we see some of their key players firing such as Callum Wilson such as Fraser these are players such as King these were players that were not on fire for Bournemouth at all whereas they defensively didn't look too bad their attack has really let them down but we have all the data here to go along with another under um, and maybe even a draw because Palace have actually drawn half of their away fixtures so there may be some value on that but I tipped up Bournemouth to stay up at, um, at even money on the Futures, on the Resumptions podcast. And I still think that Bournemouth could stay up. And I think it's important for them to, to win this game. So whereas I am leaning towards the under, 
I'm also leaning towards Bournemouth to get a vital goal to nick this. Bournemouth do have, I think, the better attacking players, whereas um, Palace's attacking players are, are very limited. They really are very reliant on Zaha. And I think Bournemouth have more attacking options and more ways to win this game. And I think they'll be very, very motivated, much like Norwich were on, on the Friday game that we covered, to come out and win this one and get themselves out of this relegation predicament. This relegation race is going to be really, really fascinating because the only team you can really regard as being down and out of it is Norwich. Aston Villa got an important point on Wednesday. They need to carry on picking up points. Um, they're just one point away from the pack. Um, you've got Bournemouth there. You've got West Ham down there. You've got Brighton who could get sucked in and I do think they'll get sucked in. Watford down there and they've lost a couple of key players. This is going to be the most interesting part of the season, of course, but uh, um, until we get clarity on the Manchester City situation. But I think if we assume that they are going to be out of Europe for at least a year, then that top five becomes interesting as well because you have Chelsea, Man United and a possibly resurgent Tottenham as well. And Wolves. Wolves can't be discounted as well, especially if they can go and win at somewhere like West Ham this weekend as well. They'll be alive in that uh, Champions League race as well. Before we move on, let me take a second out here to talk about mybookie.ag. That's the place where you can go to bet on everything that we're talking about here for the EPL. Plus, if you deposit this weekend, you'll also get a free $10 bet for the Belmont Stakes on Saturday. That's on top of their usual sign-up offer, the 50% match deposit offer. So if you put in $100, they'll spot you $50 for free to play with. Just use the promo code SGP when you make your first deposit. And of course, this is the exclusive place to go and bet on Madden Sims every Thursday and Friday the guys are hosting Madden Sims plus their college football tournament games on Saturday and Sunday night and you can only bet on those at mybookie.ag so go to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash cft that's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash cft with my bookie you bet you win and most importantly you actually get paid let me also take a second here to talk about Ace per head, that's the place where you need to go if you ever thought about starting your own sportsbook. Ace is here to help you start that sportsbook. They'll provide you with an all-inclusive professional betting site with all lines updated up to the second and wages graded immediately. They've got top-notch customer support going 24-7 and some of the sharpest lines in the industry. Plus, Ace offers live betting and an amazing mobile betting experience. Plus, today, Ace is offering up six weeks free. Just go to aceperhead.com slash SGP. That's aceperhead.com slash SGP. And the last company I want to talk about here is Cushy Dreams CBD. Cushy Dreams is a new company with a full lineup of premium smokable CBD. They specialize in extraordinary CBD rich hemp flower plus CBD pre-rolled joints. And that's what I could do with because I've got a funny story about CBD. I've been taking CBD recently because I'm having some like headaches and tinnitus and I've found this entire lockdown period stressful because obviously there's been no betting and that's my income and uh, a lot of guys on my um, lock betting site have left. So I decided to sort of calm down. Someone recommended some CBD and I didn't realize so it comes in this like vial thing and uh, or a pellet, I think some people may call it. And it said, put three drops under your tongue. And I confused, for some reason, drops with a pellet because I figured the full pellet would constitute a drop. So I'd fill the pellet up three times and put all of that under my tongue and would feel really, really good. But 
this is why I was running out of a bottle in about 10 days. And it was a 60 pound bottle of this uh, CBD oil. So that was a pretty stupid thing to do. My brother actually, who takes the same thing, pointed out to me that you're supposed to put three, you're supposed to fill the pellet up and put three tiny little drops underneath your tongue. So I'm a moron uh, when it comes to anything other than um, sports betting. So um, that's good to know. But yeah, this is a really good sponsor that's come on board. I recommend Cushy Dreams CBD. They're now shipping legally to all 50 states. Uh, Join the group of adults who are sick of vapes, gummies, and want to smoke their CBD. And that includes taking CBD oil. I would much prefer to smoke my CBD. So take advantage of this. You actually get 15% off with the Sports Gambling Podcast as well. So that's Cushy Dreams, K-U-S-H-Y dreams.com and the promo code SGP. Moving on to Sunday's games and we start with Newcastle versus Sheffield United where Sheffield United are five to five underdogs away from home again. It's 12 to five on Newcastle and it's 21 to 10 on the draw. This was a successful game for us yesterday so I'm pretty much just going to do as I did yesterday. I took Aston Villa on the draw no bet market and that ended up being a push and I took the under two and a half goals here and I feel the same thing uh, I want I feel like I want to do the same thing uh, with this game on Sunday because I do believe that, that Sheffield United will not go to Newcastle and win I think it's a difficult place to go to Newcastle just need that one win to stay up Newcastle are a decent Newcastle are a decent home team they've lost just three of their 14 home games this season um, they beat Sheffield United 2-0 earlier this season at Bramall Lane uh, Sheffield United have now failed to score in three of the last five matches and, and they sort of scored a goal against Aston Villa but the goal line technology didn't work for them although that was a stupid mistake by the goalkeeper in, in, other than that they never really threatened in, in too many other ways. Uh, Newcastle have kept a clean sheet in each of their last three home games. So this is a live dog here and I'm going to bet it exactly the same way as I did the other game. I'm going to put Newcastle on the double chance, uh, sorry, on the draw no bet market, which is available at seven to five, exactly the same as it was for Aston Villa, best price of seven to five. And I'm going to continue nailing this under and uh, yesterday, we were able to get the under at five to four. The price isn't as nice for this one. It's four to six minus one fifty. But again, I think it's money, and uh, that's the way I'll be betting this game. So under and Newcastle draw no bet on this one. Moving on to Sunday's game and Chelsea return to action against Aston Villa, who already played in midweek. Aston Villa are nine to two here. It's ten to three to draw, and it's eight to thirteen on Chelsea. Chelsea obviously don't want to slip out of this top four and uh, Man United are right there behind him. And obviously, as I said, there could be a resurgence from Tottenham. Wolves are still a threat as well. So there's loads of teams threatening and Chelsea are the ones that want to maintain this position, especially seeing as they've signed the likes of uh, Hakim Zayek and uh, Timo Werner. So the last thing they want is to have these players on board and to not actually have Champions League football. And these players have taken the gamble to go to Chelsea because there would have been other clubs interested in them as well. Um, I think this may be a, a bridge too far for Aston Villa. I did say on the podcast, on the resumption future show, that um, there are some real difficult games ahead for Aston Villa. And I think this is one of them. I think they should have got 
more out of the game against Sheffield United and now they face a tough game against Chelsea and um, the possibility is that they could just get one point out of these two games and that's a disappointing return for a team trying to stay up from your two home games to just take one point I think is disappointing but I just think Chelsea are going to have too much for for Aston Villa here and uh, Frank Lampard will prevail over John Terry. The main game on Sunday is the Merseyside derby where Liverpool can edge one close one step closer to the title by getting the win over Everton. They are 4 to 6 favorites to get that win. It's 9 to 2 on Everton and it's 3 to 1 the draw. I think Liverpool would have had enough time to get over the disappointment of um basically having their season collapse on them just in a few short weeks. Now, they went out of the FA Cup against Chelsea. I picked them to go out of that. And uh, I picked that out before because the bookies had priced Chelsea up at around about 6-4 to four and Chelsea were not in great form. And I didn't think that mattered because I knew Liverpool wouldn't take this competition seriously. However off the back of losing their the first game of the season. To remember at one point, this team were in the FA Cup, they're unbeaten in the league, and they were in the Champions League as well. They lost their unbeaten record to Watford. And all of a sudden, for that game against Chelsea, Liverpool put out a strong team for the FA Cup, but they still ended up losing. So I breathed a sigh of relief because I gave the play out, play out to my clients as a lock at 6-4. to four, And uh, Chelsea ended up going off as the 2-1 to one underdogs because of the strength of the Liverpool team and still ended up winning. So definitely a sigh of relief there. And I also took Atletico Madrid to knock Liverpool out of the Champions League because I did think that that was going to be a really bad matchup for them because we've seen teams stifle Liverpool this season by making themselves really, really difficult to break down if you press against Liverpool, they will beat you. If you come out and attack, they will beat you. But if you stay back and stay resolute and and sort of build a wall, they don't have that creative midfielder to, to break you down. They're reliant on winning the ball high up the pitch. Therefore, if you're a team that try and play football at the back, Liverpool will get loads of numbers on you. They'll push their fullbacks up with their wingers and they'll have Firmino there working really hard, two hard-working midfielders as well, and they will win the ball. And if they don't win the ball, then they have two quality centre-backs, Jordan Henderson covering all the yards between the defence and the midfield and a world-class goalkeeper as well. So it does allow them to take more risks but if you don't make those commitments and offer up Liverpool all of this space to play in behind you then they struggle and we've seen that template work with Watford twice actually because Watford did really well at Anfield and were unlucky to lose 2-0 and then they were the team that took their unbeaten record we've seen Atletico Madrid beat Liverpool twice as well so the blueprint is out on stopping this Liverpool team but after coming back from the break, you would think that um, they're refreshing, they're refreshed enough and um, they have such a good record over Everton. We looked earlier on in the season, Liverpool's youth team knocked Everton's strong team out in the third round of the FA Cup. It was a horrible result. Uh, once the teams, I actually was on Everton and once the teams came out, Everton swung from being an underdog to a 10 to 11 favourite to win at Anfield and they still ended up losing. Um, for me here, I think a Merseyside derby is a game that neither team team wants to lose I would lean towards the under here at six to five you're getting really good odds on it I think it's going to be a tight game that's going to be decided by one or two moments of magic and I think the magical players are obviously in the Liverpool team whether it be the usual suspects Mane or Salah 
or whether it be someone like a Trent Alexander-Arnold with a free kick or assist, or even Van Dyke coming up from a, for a header from a corner. I just think they have too many weapons to come away from this game and not win it. And um, I think Liverpool will, will, will scrape through here and win this game and, and move one step closer to winning the title. The final game takes place on Monday, and it's Manchester City at home to Burnley. Man City one to seven favourites, thirteen to two to draw, and it's eighteen to one on Burnley. Real difficult to find bets in these kind of games because you don't want to take Man City to absolutely wipe them out on the handicap because it's a lot of juice to take, and you need a lot of goals from Man City. You almost always almost always need them to put out a really good and dominating performance and sometimes teams aren't up to that but um Burnley get to play here on Monday whereas City played on Wednesday so Burnley are actually the last Premier League team to play and um I wonder if that will give them some kind of advantage in terms of yards covered on the pitch in terms of being able to work hard in terms of being able to frustrate this Manchester City team as well I don't think Burnley are going to get a massive hiding here and the fact that I can get Burnley with a plus three goal head start, meaning that if Manchester City win by two goals, you win this bet. So another way of looking at this actually is the Asian handicap. So you can get Burnley at plus two and a half at even money. And the only way you lose this bet is if Man City win by three goals. So they would need to win three nil or four one. But I think this will be more of a of a two nil type of game. I think Burnley will try and sit back and defend. But I think eventually once City end up scoring the first goal, the second goal will quickly follow. And then, of course, the third could follow as well. But hopefully they manage to hold on long enough for that third goal not to come and we hold on with a 2-0 win. But of course, it could play out differently. Burnley are capable of scoring. City aren't the tightest defence on the planet. So I wouldn't um, disregard Burnley managing to contribute here to the score sheet. But either way, I think getting Burnley plus two and a half on the Asian handicap or, or or plus three on the regular handicap gives you a real opportunity here to to take a team who will be more prepared because they haven't played on Wednesday, have got to sit out all the way till Monday. They're a good defensive unit anyway, and they can sit in and, and try not to get beaten by the City and try and nick one on the counter. And City will be the ones that need to break them down. And um, I just don't think that they'll emerge here with a, with a three-goal victory. I could be wrong, because either way, these games are always difficult to play. The only thing you can really do with City is to add them to bolster up parlays. So for me, the, the City minus 1.5 would be something that I would consider adding to a parlay because I'm I'm confident that they'll end up winning by two but I just don't know if they'll win by three but regardless I'm not certain and uh, this certainly won't be a play that I end up making official at the weekend be it on lockbetting.com or be it as the the lock on the show this is certainly not something that I'm putting in contention here so as we close out what will the lock on the show be well some of my favourites going through were Chelsea to win at Aston Villa. I don't see Aston Villa getting anything out of that game. I do like that under on the Friday game, the game of the week between Tottenham and Man United, because everybody's going to be on the over. And um, I can just see these two teams not wanting to lose that game. But I'm going to go with the under 2.5 goals in the Newcastle-Sheffield United game. I think there's a lot of data to support that. I think there's um, a lot favouring Newcastle here as the underdog in that game. And um, 
I feel that both these teams could edge each other out and it could be decided by one goal, which will hopefully go to Newcastle because Newcastle will be the dog. So remember, on this show, you get a lock, dog and parlay. The lock is the only official play. So if you're on my lockbetting.com website, we do always make the lock an official play. It does go towards our PL. The dog and the parlay are just for fun. I mean, they may get added. Sometimes we, we give out a parlay and then we end up really liking the sound of it. So we end up playing it on the, as an official play as well. But at the moment, everything's unofficial except the lock. And the lock is the under here in the Newcastle Sheffield United game. And the dog is Newcastle to win that game. So despite the fact that this looks like a very irrelevant and boring game, suddenly the two o'clock kickoff on Sunday between Newcastle and Sheffield United is a very interesting one for you guys. So that's that's the uh, beauty of gambling. Something absolutely irrelevant can suddenly become the most important event in the world if there's money on it. Um, as for the parlay, I've taken a two-legged parlay here. I've taken Bournemouth on the draw-no-bet market against Crystal Palace at 4-5. to five, And I've taken Liverpool to beat Everton at 4-6. to six. So that's the two-legged parlay. Bournemouth is draw-no-bet, so a pick, basically, over in the States. And Liverpool on the money line at 4-6 to six at Everton. So that concludes this edition of the EPL show. Don't forget, there'll be another one immediately after the City game on Monday. In fact, I'll be recording that before the City game concludes so the guys can get it straight out after the City game so we won't know what the City result will be. So we'll be capping it without knowledge of the Man City result. But I don't think it's going to matter too much. It's obviously going to be a win for City. It's just dependent upon what the scoreline is. Now I've said that, Burnley will go and get a shock win at Man City. But... Um, Hopefully that's not the case. Um, all of my other stuff is over at lockbetting.com, Serie A preview, the European show where we will be covering Serie A and La Liga and all of the other European leagues with the exception of the EPL and with the exception of the Bundesliga because the Bundesliga show is exclusive here to the SGP. All the Bundesliga fixtures are at 2.30 on Saturday and that will be happening for the next two game weeks as the Bundesliga concludes. So that Bundesliga podcast will be out tomorrow so we can give this EPL show some time to to breathe and uh, don't forget over at SGP EPL my Twitter feed at SGP EPL there will be some free picks and I'll be continuing to do that over the next few weeks I'll be doing a lot more than I usually do so make sure you check that out that's it for me good luck with all of your bets as always and thanks for listening guys. Finally spring, and I'm saying goodbye snow, hello adventure. And during the Honda Dream Garage Spring Event, you can get epic deals on your favorite Honda model. Ready to get rugged? Then take the off-road in an all-wheel drive Honda SUV, like the CRV, HRV, Pilot, Passport, or redesigned Ridgeline. Want to take a spring road trip? Then check out a fuel-efficient turbocharged Civic or Accord. Say goodbye to winter and hello to a new Honda. Don't miss huge savings during the Honda Dream Garage Spring Event. Now at your local Honda dealer.